Turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. We're going to continue our series of messages through the gospel according to Luke. And there's a few things, to, real quick background before we jump into our focal passage. First of all, when you read the New Testament, you're going to see that Israel is divided up into three primary regions. We're going to see in the northern part uh, community a region called Galilee. This is where Jesus is going to spend uh, much of his ministry. Around the middle section, we're going to see a region called Samaria. And then in the lower section, we see a, a region called Judea. This, of course, is where uh, the city of Jerusalem is located. And some historical backgrounds concerning the author of the gospel, according to Luke, is Luke himself. Uh, Luke was a physician. He traveled with the apostle Paul. Uh, Luke was well-educated, well-traveled. Uh, we see this through his use of the Greek language, his knowledge of geographical details. And Luke was the only Gentile to write any portion of the New Testament. Uh, he wrote to someone named Theophilus. But then we have this part that really is probably the most important part. It's Luke chapter 1, verse 4, where Luke shares the purpose of his writing. He summarizes it by saying this, that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. Now that should be our goal too. I want you to know with certainty about the person and work of Jesus Christ. So before we jump into our focal passage, I want us to make two quick observations from chapter 5. Uh, these are really going to help us to understand chapter 6 a little bit better. The first comes from chapter 5, Luke 5, verse 33. It says, Then they, that's the Pharisees, said to him, that's Jesus, Why do the disciples of John fast often and make prayers? And likewise, those of the Pharisees, but yours eat and drink. Now the Pharisees, here they are addressing Jesus, and I want you to notice something that they did here in their confrontation of Jesus. They make mention of John and his disciples, uh, and then they make mention of themselves and their disciples, the people that they're teaching. The Pharisees are making themselves the standard of behavior for others. Listen again. Then they, the Pharisees, said to him, Jesus, why do the disciples of John fast often and make prayers? And likewise, those of the Pharisees, they're speaking of themselves. They're saying, why aren't you following our example as if they are the standard of behavior for other people? Notice that they didn't reference scripture as the authority. That's because they saw themselves as the authority. And that's a problem. So I want you to hold on to that. Because we are not the standard for the behavior of others. I want you to hold on to it because uh, we're, we're going to come back to this. Keep in mind, Jesus is going to come back to this very idea in chapter 6. The second observation that I want us to make comes from verse 38. So Luke 5, 38. It says, but new wine must be put into new wineskins, and both are preserved. Now, what's he talking about here? Well, we mentioned last week that the new wine is the gospel and how it's preserved by the grace of God. And notice that Jesus also said, both are preserved. And this is in reference to what? Uh, preserving both the new wine and the old wine. 
And how does that happen? Well, Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, do not think that I came to destroy the law and the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. So in chapter 6, Jesus is then going to show us how both are preserved. He's going to show us that he actually fulfills the Old Testament promises. So let's jump in. Key point number one. Key, key point number one is this. Jesus fulfills the promise of rest. Jesus fulfills the promise of rest. Let's pick up Luke chapter 6, verses 1 through 11. Now it happened on the second Sabbath, after the first, that he went through the grain fields, and his disciples plucked the heads of grain and ate them, rubbing them in their hands. And some of the Pharisees said to them, Why are you doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath? But Jesus, answering them, said, Have you not even read this, what David did when he was hungry, he and those who were with him, how he went into the house of God, took and ate the showbread, and also gave some to those with him, which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat? And he said to them, the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. Now the word Sabbath means rest. It's a reminder that God created all things in six days and he gave us the Sabbath as a day of rest. Uh, God didn't need to rest. This wasn't, uh, he wasn't exhausted from six days of creation. No, the idea is that it was a gift to us, a blessing for us, that he is modeling for us the importance and gave us a day of rest. The idea that rest comes after work. Now, the early church met on the first day of the week. That's called the Lord's Day. The Sabbath is the seventh day of the week. That's Saturday. And then the Lord's Day is Sunday. That's the first day of the week. Now, the Pharisees, here's what they did. The Pharisees had turned the Sabbath into a burden as opposed to the blessing of rest that God intended. God wanted the Sabbath to be a blessing for people. He wanted them to, to find genuine rest in him. And instead, the Pharisees had turned this into a, uh, a burden upon people, something that was, that was difficult for people to just, uh, just to observe because they were so concerned with, with keeping particular laws. And I want you to notice how Jesus responded to their accusation. Jesus turns their attention to Scripture. Again, he says this. He says, have you not even read this? What David did when he was hungry, he and those who were with him, how he went into the house of God, took and ate the showbread, and also gave some to those with him, which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat. I mean, his question here is so uh, causing the Pharisees to, to recognize that they're overlooking Scripture. Now, it's possible here that the Pharisees might have been tempted to respond, oh, but that's King David. David was the king. He was God's anointed, and he can do so if he, if he desired. He can, he can go into the house of, 
of the Lord and, and take of the showbread if he wanted. He's the king. But I want you to know, immediately after Jesus asked the Pharisees this question, then Jesus said this statement. The Son of Man is also the Lord of the Sabbath. In other words, he's saying that, that Jesus, he is God's anointed. And he, just as David was free to do as he pleased, it, Jesus is saying, I am the Lord of the Sabbath, and I am God's anointed, and I am free to do as I please. You know, it, it makes me think of this um, this idea, this, this principle that I call people over policy or relationships over rules. The idea is that it's so important for us to recognize that policies are important and rules are important. But sometimes we have to ask this question. It is, is the relationship going to be damaged because I have created some man-made rules or policies and will it actually cause uh, damage to my relationship with others. Now we're not talking about rules of God. We're talking about man-made rules, which is what the Pharisees were concerned with. We're talking about the you know things that we just come up with ourselves. And sometimes what we do is we follow our man-made rules, uh, and we see those as more important than the relationships that we have. I call that principle the the principle of relationships over rules. We want to make sure that relationships are not damaged because of some man-made rules that we have or people over policy. We want to make sure that the people that we interact with, that, that relationships are not damaged because of policy. Now let's pick back up at verse 6. Now it happened on another Sabbath also that he entered the synagogue and taught. And the man was there whose right hand was withered. So the scribes and Pharisees watched Jesus closely, whether he would heal on the Sabbath, that they might find an accusation against him. But Jesus knew their thoughts and said to the man who had the withered hand, Arise and stand here. And he arose and stood. Then Jesus said to them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy and when he looked around at all of them, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he did so. And his hand was restored as, as whole as the other. But they were filled with rage and disgust with one another what they might do to Jesus. Now, the Sabbath was a day to do what? A day to remove the burden of work. It was a day of rest. It was to remove a, remove a burden, a day of rest. Jesus was doing what? Jesus was removing this man's burden. He gave the man rest from the burden that he had been carrying. The Pharisees were doing what? They were creating burdens and placing burdens and adding burdens upon others. But Jesus offers true rest. My question for you is, what about you? Are you carrying a burden that others have placed on you? Perhaps you've placed it on yourself. I want you to know that Jesus offers rest from your burdens. He offers a new 
Sabbath, a new Sabbath of rest from your burdens.